What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Standing Room Only podcast with Goose and Healy, episode number 43. Uh, we got our football predictions this week. We're talking about the NBA playoffs, talking about baseball coming down to the final couple weeks. So hope you guys are ready to lock in for this episode. You guys want to follow our uh, social media pages? You can follow the podcast page at SROnlyPod, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow Goose at iGoose with four O's. You can follow me at the Healy Six, and make sure you guys download the episode if you do not already. It's the only way we can see the statistics, so uh, to gauge on how many people listen per week. So if you guys are listening to this, hit that download button. It's only a couple megabytes to your phone. You can delete it at a later date, but once you hit that download button, it sends us the info. So we appreciate it. Are you ready to talk about this week? Got a lot, lot to talk about. Yeah, there's a whole lot of everything right now. We have the NFL starting up, uh, you know, tomorrow. Uh, for listeners, it'll be today because it'll uh, we'll launch this episode around midnight Thursday, Thursday morning, Wednesday night, depending on how you're looking at it. So yeah, we have the NFL. Baseball is in full swing, almost towards the end of the season. The NBA, there's drama. There's drama. There's a game seven uh, in the Eastern Conference final. Uh, I'm sorry, in the Eastern uh, Conference with the uh, Raptors, with the Celtics, um, the Western Conference. We don't know what's going to happen yet. It's There's been some fun competition, but it looks like the, the two L.A. teams are going away there. Um, and of course, you know, with the NFL uh, rolling in tomorrow, we'll have our predictions, as Healy said. But yeah, let's get started. Let's go on. Let's get started with baseball. Healy, uh, is there any news? I know we didn't see any signings, but we saw uh, some teams are starting to uh, take <laughs> take control of their division, if you will. Yeah. So the Dodgers, they're dominating as always. Uh, the fun division to talk about right now, probably the AL East. AL East, yeah. You got the Tampa Bay Rays, which are absolutely killing it they're 28 and 15 they're four games up in the second place team and do you know who the second place team in the al east is right now uh i yes i actually just not too long ago looked at it uh the blue jays if i'm not mistaken yes the tampa bay blue jays are four games behind the rays the yankees are two games behind them and the orioles are a game back of the yankees I would not have ex- I mean, I know we both know Toronto has talent, young talent. I had no idea that they would be contending the way they are this year. I didn't either. No, like baseball's weird. It's very it's a very weird sport. And like you got the Giants who are 21 and or 22 and 21 right now. The Rockies, you remember they started off like 12 and 6. Now yep. they're 20 and 22, low 500. The Diamondbacks aren't looking too good. Pittsburgh's looking not so great. Or uh, Cincinnati, not so great. Cubs are holding the lead there. Atlanta's holding the lead barely in the East, NL East. Uh, the Oakland A's are doing good. Another fun division to talk about. And they're all fighting for number one, the AL Central. We have the oh, White man. Sox, Indians, and Twins all fighting for that number one seed into the AL Central. I am flabbergasted. I don't even know if flabbergasted is the word I'm looking for. 
I did not expect the AL Central to be as competitive as it is. I know I said the Sox were going to take the division. I did have my fan hat on. I knew Minnesota was good. They were good last year. They started off hot. Sox didn't start off too hot. Cleveland's pitching has been lights out. Lights out. They even trade Clevenger, and they're still winning baseball games. And I, I hands down, that's the most, I would say, interesting. Besides the AL East, that's the most interesting uh, division going on right now. It's a battle, especially with the extra playoff spot uh, for mm-hmm. the MLB this year. Yeah, luckily, Minnesota has that extra playoff spot by four games. It looks like everyone in the Central that is like, up there with the White Sox, Indians, and Twins. They're going to make the playoffs regardless. It's just who's going to get the division spot and win out. Because the other two teams you do not want to be. And with this season, unlike other seasons, every game matters, especially yep. when you aren't going up against your division rivals. Because who the other teams that you play, are in, you're playing the same teams. So you, you're rooting for... NL Central to beat beat your team or beat the other two teams every single day. And it's, it's looking like the Cubs Sox end of the month, they're the final three games of the regular season. It's going to be a toss-up and both teams are going to need to win those games. Yeah, yeah. You know what the Cubs as bad as it seems they have been doing as bad as their pitching has been even you darvish gave up i think today a three-run bomb to uh mike moustakis mm-hmm. they were he, down i i haven't looked yeah. he at, finished at the score. there's 3-0 he just finished uh he exited the game in the seventh he pitched six innings two hits three runs three walks nine strikeouts you know what he gave up a mistake pitch and he had to pay for it that's still a really good outing though mm-hmm. that's a really good outing but you know, one thing I was thinking of, Healy, kind of just dawned on me. We go into the playoffs. You're playing teams you haven't seen all year. Yeah. You haven't seen any of these teams because they're in different regions of the state of the the country. Mm-hmm. So now you're gonna have potentially Sox versus Tampa in the first round. They didn't see each other. Like, sure, you can watch, you can watch tapes, but with baseball, it's all about seeing how those guys mm-hmm. pitch seeing how they're how they hold up in certain situations baseball's different yes you can you you watch you watch game tape for for shifts to see how you're going to shift the field the infield maybe the outfield whatever it may be and and what kind of pitches you know you always get a scouting report but this is going to be interesting especially as you mentioned if the cubs and Sox both make it Mm-hmm. If for some reason the Yankees don't make the playoffs, because that was the one team that I think I predicted that was the scariest team besides maybe the Astros. I thought the Astros yeah. would be better. The Sox have a legitimate chance here being the, the offensive talent that they have. They're, they don't have the best pitchers in the league. They have good pitching, I would say, out of Giolito, Dylan Cease here and there. Mm-hmm. But their offense is so explosive and i always say this for any sport how do you beat a good defense a better offense always always so i'm excited right now uh there's maybe 20 ish games left which gives us a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. uh today's the ninth going into the 10th and i think the last game is it the 30th of september sometime around there there. yeah okay it'll it'll end at the so we have three weeks left of baseball so three weeks 
it went by so fast in the blink of an eye. And the socks, and yes, I'm wearing my fan hat right now, but the way they started in the first month of baseball, I would have been okay if they just showed off their bats and didn't contend, considering they've had they have Kopech sitting out. Um, their their starting pitching isn't I wouldn't consider a World Series contending team. Mm-hmm. The fact that their bats are doing what they are, Mancata's kind of hanging in there, and then Tim Anderson's battling for the the batting title again. And you know, from the rookie uh, Lewis Roberts and Eloy Jimenez, it's I'm excited. I'm excited. We, we should. We both should be excited. I don't remember the last time the Cubs and Sox both made the playoffs. Yeah, very rare from both sides. It seems like there's <laughs> stretches. There's stretches where both teams don't make the playoffs, but uh-huh. you find it very rarely where both teams actually make the playoffs together. They seem to switch off here and there. And I, I'm excited that both teams are kicking it up. The Cubs, they are losing tonight, which it's okay. They're still holding the lead over the division. Uh, but KB still looking terrible. Baez looking a little bit better, but he's not he's not there. They mm-hmm. picked up Jose Martinez, which was cool. They just optioned him to the alternate site today. Because they signed Already? Billy Hamilton. Well, they signed Billy Hamilton to use as like a defensive replacement and stuff. So he's got speed. Yeah, he has speed. He'll he'll play defense, but you can't rely on him to hit at all. I think mm-hmm. they brought in Martinez, and they'll hold on to him. But with what they need right now, maybe they came up against a stretch where they aren't facing left-handed pitching. They got him for left-handed pitching. Who knows? Maybe the next few days, they're only going to face righties. So they're like, all right, we're just, we'll send you down so we could have a more usable guy over the next couple of days. Yeah, John Lester still looking garbage. Yeah, I think he's done. I I don't want to believe it, but he's at the end of his road. He is. Not, I thought this year with the shortened season, he'd pick it up for a couple months. He has not looked good. I maybe him, towards the playoffs. In yeah, get him, get him in October. In maybe we'll see it. But right now, every game he seems to go out there and just allow it. A decent amount of runs every time yeah it's a different factor once you guys once once you get a team into the playoffs and especially john lester because in the past he's had some good years with the cubs but i mean when they won the world series he he was the guy hendrick stepped mm-hmm. up all those guys stepped up and i mean at this rate they could make the playoffs and i think at this point they're just trying to stay alive i didn't even realize that they got billy hamilton and as you mentioned he's he's a left-handed bat i believe so a switchy He's a switch hitter. Switch okay. hitter, but got... it doesn't matter what way he hits. He won't put the ball in play. Nope, nope. <laughs> he, like you said, he's there for the field, and I wouldn't be surprised if they pinch run him a few times. Uh, with you know the whole extra innings uh, rule, I assume that's going to roll over into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I hope. And then, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Chicago has a lot to be excited about, and we have more to talk about for Chicago. You guys. Yeah. Keep listening. Oh yeah. We we're talking about Chicago <laughs> a lot today in all the yep. sports. Um yeah, Chicago. That's with baseball though, I think that's pretty much it. Now, obviously, as Healy said, there is uh about well, it's it's end of September is gonna be the last games, last set of games. So there's about 20 games left. There are teams that have makeup games. One of those teams is St. Louis, the Cardinals. 
they do have about roughly, I think if my math is right, six to seven makeup games, which could make or break where the Cubs finish in the division. Yeah. St. Louis gets hot and they end up, you know, above, have a higher winning percentage. Mm-hmm. It, it, I you mean, just... the end. The NL West is hot too, so the Cubs can easily go on a little losing streak, and somebody in the NL, two teams in the NL West take that, you know, those wild card spots. Yeah, you, in the East. You just reminded me about that. I was looking at the standings. I'm like, Cardinals are three games behind. The Cubs have eight games more played than them. They're only yep. one, the Cubs are only up one loss on them, and they have seven more wins, which is huge. They need mm-hmm. to go on a seven and one streak. At some point, that makes me feel a lot better. Not going to lie. It's going to come down to their series. I don't know how many games left, if there's any, against St. Louis. They're going to have to beat St. Louis. It's, I mean, that's going to be the key factor. You can win. You know, you can go on a three-game winning streak. Sure, St. Louis loses three. You gain three games. But the big factor is if there's three games, there's mm-hmm. four or five games left with St. Louis, doubleheaders, whatever they are very you have to treat those like playoff games you i mean at this point every game you have to treat like a playoff game going forward if you weren't already so yeah, i think the last games are on the 27th to be exact but they just okay. played a double header tomorrow they have another double header next monday they have a double header next wednesday they have a double header next friday they have a double header and then the following friday they have a double header Wow. They, they have an easy they have an easier schedule though they, they're playing the tigers twice they play the reds brewers pirates royals brewers no more games against the no. cubs cubs are cubs are done and i think the cubs this is their final home series of the they year. have one more against the Sox. that's uh that's they on have- the road Oh, oh they, that's at that's at Chicago. Yeah, that's actually okay. you're right. So they actually right. play against the Indians at home, and then they play against the Twins at home. So the AL Central's traveling to. Oh, they the have North. a tough schedule. They're playing the Reds the next couple of days. They're playing the Brewers. They play the Indians, Twins, Pirates, White Sox. You're gonna be a big Cubs fan next week. <laughs> when the Indians and Twins face the Cubs, that's gonna be a huge series. And it's uh two against Cleveland, mm-hmm. three against Minnesota. Yeah, a couple rest days there too. That's big. Wow. Wow. This is the final stretch. I mean, this is literally gonna lead us into October baseball and that last series, Cubs Sox can literally make or break who which one of the Chicago teams makes the playoffs. Or the, the seeds. Cubs stay hot. Yeah, or the seeds. The seeds, I mean, that's gonna be a um, a major difference too. Uh, obviously there's some changes with the playoffs they're adding uh more playoff teams which is cool i'm glad they're doing that it'll make it a more interesting playoff uh format um but i mean those seeds still still matter they make a difference so i think that's pretty much it for the the baseball talk this week though yeah Just baseball's cruising along uh atlanta huge game today they're up like 22 to 8 uh, the Brewers won 19 nothing to watch that game live. Guys are getting hot. There's the the home run leaders. I remember talking about it at the beginning of the year. I don't know if it was on the podcast. I think I've brought it up multiple times on the podcast. So did we talk about if someone would hit 20 home runs or more on the podcast? We did. 
like we said, we wouldn't, I would be surprised 20 mm-hmm. home runs in 60 games. I knew, like I knew somebody would get close. There's going to be a couple guys that get close. Um, the league leader right now is well, three people. Been... It's Tatis, Cruz, and Trout, all with 15. Wow. Trout yeah. was my, I think he was my pick. If mm-hmm. somebody was going to hit 20. Um, Fernando Tatis having an amazing year. We might get three, four, I'd say four guys with 20 home yeah. runs potentially. Yeah. So. There's a lot of potential. A lot of these guys as well that don't have 15, people could get hot. They could hit like yeah. six home runs in like a week span. Or in a series like Jose Abreu did to the Cubs. Yeah. Jose Abreu <laughs> has 13 home runs and six of them were in three games. Yep. He's been uh he's been on fire with the uh with the bat. He's got I think he just extended his hit streak to 22 games. Mm-hmm. which if I'm not mistaken is a new record or ties a record for the Sox. It's, you know, an all-time record for him. Shout out to him. You know, he's what 31, 32 years old now been in the league only a few years. He didn't come into the league at a very young age. I think he started at yeah, around he's like 33, 33 yeah. years of age. And he's playing great. I mean, he, every year he's playing great baseball. Um, So shout out to Abreu for being a top home run hitter right now, especially, uh, in a league that's filled with home runs. Yeah. He tied, uh, or this is the longest since Carlos Lee set the record of 28 in 2004. Wow. Carlos Lee. I haven't heard Seeley in a long time. So he's at 22. He needs seven games to beat Carlos Lee. Keep an eye out on Jose Abreu. He was the one guy. If you don't remember in the off season, he's like, I want to stay with the Sox. I will sign no matter what. Yep. He wants, he loves Chicago. He loves the organization, which says a lot because when you get a veteran player like that, you gain some brownie points, not only for you, like the fan base, but like for the franchise that says a lot about the franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, And he knew we have the talent coming in, obviously with uh, Eloy and all the other guys, we could just name that whole roster. He knows that they, that, that roster is something special and he believes that they can win and, may happen during the COVID season maybe not but you know he's uh he's definitely one of my favorite all-time Sox players I could tell you that mm-hmm. Mr. Consistent oh yeah so but that'll uh that'll wrap it up for baseball um let's jump over to the NFL we'll save the NBA for last we'll go with our normal one two three order here the NFL the week full of contract extensions contract talks the we the league starting tomorrow. Yeah. Um, some stadiums are allowed to have fans. Some stadiums are not allowed to have fans. We'll go over that as well. Um, let's start off the bat with the uh, contract extensions. Uh, Jalen Ramsey probably got the biggest contract I've seen for a defensive back. One of the biggest, at least. Uh, extension with the Rams, five years, a hundred and five million dollars. Is he overpaid, Healy? Uh, I think it, I'm going to say, yeah. I don't know. Football is very weird with their salary cap. It just seems like it's not large enough. I feel like salary mm-hmm. caps just are never large enough. And with how other sports are getting paid and how much revenue they get, maybe they should bump it up and this would be like a normal cost. But this is kind of also like... You could say, yeah, 
I would probably okay. say yes. The be the only thing is with football, this looks maybe bad now, but let's say a couple years down the line, he's terrible. They don't guarantee a lot of money, and they always have a lot of outs in these NFL contracts. Yep. So, all right, like Mahomes, he got a lot guaranteed. But in previous years, you would see guys get like, like Brett Favre, he signed like a $200 million contract, but only like $30 million was guaranteed, and he has to play for like the remainder. Yep. And they can cut him with no cap penalty after like year three. So, yeah, he he is. Cornerbacks, kind of like running backs, where it's very rare where you see a guy play at a top-tier level for a long time. Richard Sherman kind of like reverted that. You kind of thought he was going in that direction. He ended up not. But... Yeah, we'll just have yeah. to wait and see. I'm pretty sure they, they could cut him at some point, and the money, they'll get all that money back. Yeah, he's still young. I look at it as though, so they did guarantee like $71 million to him, Ooh. which is, it's a lot. That's a lot. But, you know, this Rams team, you know, with McVay, a coach, they have a very, they have a lot of potential all over the field. Mm -hmm. They're paying for his potential. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, um, he had no interceptions last year. Obviously he got traded from, you know, Jacksonville over to the Rams, no interceptions, but being a defensive back, you don't always have to, you're, you're, no. you have so many stats to look at past deflections. Uh, there's probably a stat where it's how many times are you thrown at per game? Yep. What are the percentage of catches? I got Jalen Ramsey. It can ball. He can ball. I got some stats on that one. So oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. So uh Jalen Ramsey cuz someone was comparing Trey Trey White or Tredavious mm -hmm. White to uh Ramsey. Uh Ramsey was targeted way less than uh Tredavious White. Trey had 21 drop passes or off target passes to his targets while Jalen Ramsey had 11. Trey allowed 57% of his receptions for a first down. Jalen only allowed 44. Wow. I mean, 7% is huge. Yeah. That difference, yeah. So, and, you know, Tredavious White, he's another one. He got an extension with the Bills. So we can continue that. He's a defensive back for the Bills. Signed a huge extension. He got the four-year, $70 million contract. Uh, 55 in which is guaranteed. He's not overpaid. That Bills defense is great, and he's leading that secondary. He's very young. I think he's like 24 years of age. Mm -hmm. That Bills defense, I mean, the Bills were in the playoffs. The Bills defense has been excelling for the last few years now. It's just a matter of when is you know Josh Allen going to pick it up? When is that offense going to pick it up and help that defense out and score more points? Because um, that defense is great. I like that Bills defense. Uh, Tredavious, uh, you know, is definitely, I would say he's paid just what he deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tredavious White did take a little bit of a, a bargain to stay with them. Mm-hmm. But he got an extension as well. DeAndre Hopkins, newly traded yeah. for Hopkins, got paid. A lot of guys that were, 
I'm not going to say a lot of guys, but Jalen Ramsey traded for, got paid. DeAndre Hopkins got traded for, got paid. Yeah. Uh, the other one, DeAndre Hopkins got a huge contract. He It's only a two-year extension, but it's worth like $55 million. And he's getting four, almost forty three guaranteed. That's average of like twenty seven mil. It's I think he's the highest paid outside of a a quarterback position mm-hmm. on a per year basis. Um, I like that that duo of Kyler Murray passing to DeAndre Hopkins. They still have Larry Legend, who I think is going to play one more year. Uh, they have Christian Kirk. They have some talent. They have uh, Kenyon Drake at running back. I like this offense um awesome awesome well-deserved contract for hopkins you know mm-hmm. i was very surprised when the texans traded him i knew that they weren't going to give him the contract and they were fair with him they traded him to a team that is gonna that will value him they value their receiving cores and they always have valued their receiving core for a while um but to to add on to what you were saying uh so hopkins did get traded to get the extension kareem hunt got an extension he yeah. didn't get traded he got cut but he did get picked up by the Browns. They risked it. He got two year, 13 and a quarter, $13.25 million uh, extension, which is kind of a big deal because Nick Chubb, who is arguably top five running back in the league, great running back is in extension talks. So they're saying by next season off season, he's supposed to get, maybe he might be the highest paid running back until obviously Saquon gets his contract, but it, it, it says a lot for them to sign Kareem Hunt to a two-year, $13 million deal. Now, I wonder what that's going to do for Nick Chubb, um, who shouldn't be worried. If he doesn't get a contract, any team is going to throw a $50, 60000000 million contract at him. Yeah, I got uh, Kelly of the Colts who got a contract extension. Yep. Uh, kind of not necessarily a contract extension, but a contract that got signed. Adrian Peterson, he's back in the North. AP is back in the North all day in a committee of running backs. I think that he will emerge as he'll get enough handoffs in the game. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. He will start getting the handoffs. Yeah, he he's there with DeAndre Swift and Carryon Johnson now. Carryon, yep. I saw people so, like talking about Carryon on Twitter, and he's like, "I don't care. These are my guys," because they thought maybe like he would get released then or something. But it was an interesting release, anyways, from the Redskins or the the Washington Football Team. Yeah, yeah, it's the Washington Football Team. It's uh, it's original. But um, it was, you know, I think at this point, I guess I am a little surprised that they did that considering Geis is gone and they don't really have a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, they maybe it was just a chance for AP to go to a contending team. AP's yeah. never won a Super Bowl. They're just like, hey, go on over here. I don't even think he signed a huge contract with the Lions. The Lions are a sleeper team. A lot of guys are picking them as a sleeper team to potentially be a wild card team. Um, I don't know how that's going to turn out for the lions. They're still in a very tough division with the Vikings who could very well be another contending team. The Packers obviously are always a contender and the bears, the bears. If Mitch Trubisky is a quarter better than what he was last year, they easily could be a playoff uh, contender. Mm-hmm. So, but 
But shout out to AP. He's back in the NFC North where he is uh he's made his uh his home and and he's dominated throughout the years. So Yeah. That's- the Packers are the last team to have an Adrian Peterson. <laughs> I don't think you get what I'm saying. The Bears back in like the 2000s had a, a guy named Adrian Peterson as well. Oh, they did. Yes, I yeah. remember that. I definitely yeah. remember that. So the Packers are the last team to have Adrian Peterson. <laughs> the only team not to have one. Lions, Bears. Yeah, Adrian Peterson was a backup to, was it Thomas Jones? I think so, yeah. I remember him. He was a very, very hard-fought back. Like, he worked for his yards. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow, I can't believe that that name even came up. I, I completely forgot about him, but... But yeah, that that'd be interesting. And the and the Packers have a, their own dilemma at running back. Mm-hmm. They have uh they were in talks with Aaron Jones um at the beginning of the week, probably a little bit longer than a week, uh, in extending his contract. This is his contract year. He produced a lot for the team last year. We don't know what's gonna happen this year. Uh they have a committee. They have Aaron Jones at starting running back, who's probably gonna get his 18 to 20 handoffs. He's going to get his five to six catches. They have AJ Dillon, who is a power back, who will probably take some goal line work. It's going to take away. And then they have Jamal Williams, who they thought was going to get cut, and now they're keeping him. I believe personally he will be their catching back. I believe that this is the future of the NFL. Started with the 49ers and some other teams have fresh legs on the field at all time. Nonetheless, Aaron Jones should be getting his contract soon. And somebody else who's going to be getting a contract extension. Uh, that was just on the trading block on our last episode. Alvin Kamara with the New Orleans Saints was the Saints said they would listen to offers. They said, we are not going to pay Kamara the money he wants. Kamara and his agent obviously work something out because now they're in talks of extending the contract and it's going to be in favor of Kamara, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, very young. Still in his prime for at least the next couple of years, I would assume. Um, he produces a lot. He's part of a, I mean, to the Saints, we don't know how many years they're going to have left of being a contending team. Drew Brees, we don't know how many years we're going to have let, uh, see him. Uh, obviously, they have Jameis Winston off the bench. He might step up into that role. We don't know. I don't think he's a winner, but we'll see. So Kamara is another one that will we'll see. Hopefully before uh, these games on Sunday, we'll see his contract get extended as well. So that if we if we missed a contract extension, we're sorry. There's been a bunch that have happened throughout the past week. Well, we hit on pretty much the big ones throughout the, the whole ones, week. Yeah. Don't think the Bears extended anyone. Uh, they don't really have a lot of money, but we're going to do our predictions today because yes. uh, tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this, Texans Chiefs are going to be playing. We're going to give you guys our division winners. And we're going to be giving you guys our Super Bowl prediction of who's going to make it. So Yeah. Yeah, let's 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 get to it. Uh let's start off with Healy, let's start with the NFC divisions and I want you to go first. Okay. So I will start off with the NFC East. It's going to be a little little uh fight with the Eagles and Cowboys. I that that one's a tough one. 
Like it, it's one that I've I've been thinking about a little bit. I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I still think like they have the better team overall. Uh, Dak hasn't really had the injury issues as Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, if he could have a healthy season, they have to play in the preseason this year. The Eagles could be a top team, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Cowboys winning the NFC East. I definitely think the Eagles could be a good wild card team, so don't hate me for that. Oh, we're going to move to the NFC South, where you have the Saints, Falcons, Bucks, and Panthers. And I am going to go with the Saints. I I know Tom Brady went to the Bucks. I know Gronkowski's with the Bucks. I know they got Leonard Fournette signing with the Bucks. I just, at this time, the Saints are established. Tampa Bay has some questions. You don't know how well Tom Brady's going to play. Uh, they passed for a lot of yards last year, even though Jameis Winston got like 30 picks. But... And we don't know how Gronk's actually going to play in game settings. Mm-hmm. Got to go with the Saints. Moving over to the NFC West. Uh, 49ers won last year. Seahawks, they fought hard. I am going to go with the uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks winning the NFC West over the 49ers. And then the NFC North. Uh, I got to go with the Packers. I I wanted to pick Vikings. I really did. But because in years past, they've always had a good defense. They've had a solid enough offense to make the playoffs. Nothing they did this offseason really convinced me that they're getting better or they're going to make any differences. So I'm going to go with the Packers and the NFC. And then my wild card teams, I'm going to say the Eagles and 49ers slip in. And the Bucs okay. missed the playoffs. Ooh, that's that's a bold prediction, Healy. I like that. I like those picks. Uh, so my pick out of the East, as you mentioned, Cowboys and Eagles are going to battle it out. I personally think Dak Prescott has, has Arsenal. He has one of the arguably one of the best offenses to play with. He has the number one top three running back, we'll call it, in Zeke. He has CeeDee Lamb. He has Michael Gallup. He has um, Amari Cooper. They have a big three. Teams historically with a big three receiving core dominate. Rodgers used to have a big three. Peyton Manning has had a big three. These teams that have a big three do special things. And Dallas's defense, they're beatable, but they're not bad. So I can see the Cowboys winning the division. I can see them winning 11 to 12 games. Um, Eagles, they're going to be close. It all depends, as you mentioned. Carson Wentz, can they stay healthy? Alshon Jeffrey's out for a few weeks. He's on the trading block. They don't. They, they have a Rigor, who's supposed to be a good uh, re- uh, receiver, who's going to miss a few weeks. I believe he tore a labrum or something of that nature in his shoulder. Um, so we'll see what happens with all, with that. But Cowboys for sure out of the NFC East. Um, the NFC South, this one is the most difficult prediction to make. The predictions I've been hearing are Bucks will take the division, they'll win eleven and they'll go eleven and five, Saints will go ten and six. I think it's gonna be opposite. I believe the Saints will take the division. Saints will go eleven and five, 
Bucks will go 10 and 6. Um, it is going to come down to those two games when they play, though. Saints and Bucks are going to be a shootout. It will be a shootout. Um, in the NFC West, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because the 49ers, they were exposed in that Super Bowl game. That first half, they their defense, they 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 showed out. You couldn't do anything. Um, the Chiefs couldn't really move the ball. The 49ers, I thought, played a better overall game. But that second half that the Chiefs brought out, that Mahomes, his his performance, it just really exposed a lot of holes in the 49ers defense. And with that, other teams will study and learn from that. Do I still think that they're going to have a Super Bowl hangover? A little bit, but I still think that the 49ers will take the division. They will have one more win than the Seahawks. I can see 49ers going 11 and 5, Seahawks going 10 and 6. Okay. Uh, for, for the NFC uh, North, uh, Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay to me, they didn't get weapons for Aaron Rodgers. And I think that is the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes they could have made. But what they did, they went out on the defensive side. They uh they grabbed uh, Kirksey from Cleveland, who was hurt last year, but a couple years ago was a top tackler in the league. Reads the field field extremely well, so they did add to their defense, even though they lost Blake Martinez, who to me Blake Martinez is one of my favorite players that they've had in a while in the defense. Uh, stepped in, obviously got a contract with the Giants. Um, the Vikings are very good. The Vikings are very very good. They're very tough. Uh, if the Packers can beat the Vikings in their want in their matchups in the two games that they're going to play them which week one they have minnesota i think they'll be fine and they'll take the division it'll be close though um for my uh wild card teams it, this is going to be tough i do believe that the buccaneers will be a wild card team i believe tom brady is going to lead them to the wild card uh the other team that's going to Take the wild card, in my opinion, is going to be because we have two. Is going to be um, the Seahawks. I like the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So Seahawks are still making the playoffs. I, I they think add that, a third playoff playoff team this year, didn't they? They did. There's, there's only one bye. They one did. Bye there is another wild card team. I forgot all about that. So, oh. If you had a third wild card team, to me, it ends up being either the Eagles or the Vikings. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's gonna be tough. The Falcons could be good. Um. Oh, so I said the Bucks are gonna miss the playoffs. I think they they sneak in now. So that's your third wild card. Yeah. Pick. Yeah. Okay. Wow. This is this just got fun. More fun. My okay. I'm gonna throw the Vikings in that mix. Um. You know what? I was close um, yeah. to tossing the Bears, but I'm like, they don't convince me enough. That's just a complete toss-up to toss them in. The Bears are always a contender, though. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to they ha- their running game has been horrible. If they can establish a little bit better of a running game, and like yeah. I said, their defense is good, but if if Mitch Trubisky can start hitting some of those those passes where receivers are wide open, and with Jimmy Graham there, Maybe it opens the game up a little bit more. Maybe he maybe he shows out knowing that Nick Foles is there. I mean, it's a different dimension. You know, you have a, a guy who's making way more money than you ready to take your position. Yeah. So we'll see. You never know. You never mm-hmm. know. 
But that third wild card spot, I'm glad you brought that up because from what I was seeing in the predictions, it didn't make sense. But now that you mentioned it, they did add a third wild card spot. And, um, you know, I, I think the Seahawks will, will definitely uh, be one of them, Vikings and um, the Buccaneers. So, okay. With that, with that being said, we had the AFC. So, with the NFC South, you had Saints or Bucks winning that. The NFC South, I have the Saints going eleven and five, Bucks going ten and six. Yeah. All right, AFC. AFC. This one is going to be. uh, This one's going to be tough. So for me with the AFC, AFC West, I'm just going to start there. Chiefs. Chiefs hands down. And it's it's not even going to be a close second. Uh, AFC South, this is going to be the toss-up because you look at teams like the Titans, who were so close to making it last year. Um, Texans, who have Deshaun Watson, who also – balled out he had a i mean he had an incredible year the whole team did they did get rid of deandre hopkins they add brandon cooks if will fuller stays healthy they have a receiving core deandre hopkins is they're fine Mm -hmm. without him it all depends on the health because brandon cooks is another one who can get hurt the colts the colts add philip rivers philip rivers is not an andrew luck but Philip Rivers is a guy who can manage a game, and he's been there. For that division, it's the toughest for me to pick. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say the Indianapolis Colts take the division, only because they have a great defense, too. And it's going to be a close between them and the Titans. The AFC North. I'm still going Baltimore. AFC North is loaded. Loaded. Steelers, Ravens, Browns, Bengals. Bengals have uh, Joe Burrow, who's they're everybody's speaking highly of him. They're saying he's going to have a hell of a year. I'm still going with the Ravens. I'm going with Lamar Jackson. He's going to lead the offense. He's still going to run the ball. I don't think teams are really going to know how to stop him quite yet. Um, and the Steelers, it, I, they, could, they can end up having the same record, for all we know. But I'm going to go Ravens and then Steelers in second. AFC East, this one's tough. Cam Newton is playing with a vengeance. He is, this is apparently, he is, he's on the field. He's off the field before everybody and after everybody. He's out there. He's a Super Bowl quarterback. I want to say he's won a Super Bowl. He hasn't. But under Bilicek, I think they can win a lot of games. With that being said, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills to take that division. Okay. With the wild card, my wild card teams are still, since there's three, I'm going to go with the uh, Tennessee Titans. I almost said the Oilers. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be tough. Third wild card team we will see bill belichick and the patriots in the playoffs okay okay so i think we're gonna have similar similar division winners in the afc a little unfortunate 
I was hoping the one pick you wouldn't make was well, I'll start it off. So we'll start off AFC West, obviously Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Toss up there. The South. I was going with the Colts all the way. I yeah. feel like they had a solid team. They had a solid base. They have T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, who could have a good year. They have Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor with uh, Hines in the backfield as well. They have three running backs. Jonathan yep. Taylor, Wisconsin rep. He's a beast. Paris He's Campbell, good. speedster. They signed Trey Burden as a tight yep. end. Uh, their defense, they have Justin Houston, Darius Leonard. They have uh, Rhodes. Uh, they signed Xavier Rhodes. They have uh, Kenny Moore and then uh, Yasin as cornerbacks. And they have DeForest Buckner. They have a good O-line. The re- they, they went negative 12 point differential last year. They finished 7-9 and nine without a quarterback. Phillip yeah. Rivers is going to facilitate that offense, and it's going to look great. And especially yeah, with Hopkins leaving the AFC South. The Titans, we'll have to see if they replicate exactly what they do. But I feel good on the Colts, especially maybe a little biased. I've been using them in Mad in the past couple of years, running their <laughs> franchise, and they have a good, solid base. So I, I like what I see there. AFC North, I think the Ravens, I don't think they're going to have a regression year. I think Lamar is still going to ball out. I think their mm-hmm. offense is still good. I don't mm-hmm. think this is a one-year wonder offense, especially with uh, all the statistics guys that they signed to tell them when to go on fourth down, what plays to run. They're running with the numbers. They're at the top of the analytics game. Then the AFC East, I do think the Bills are going to take it. I think it's finally their time to take the East. They have that established team. Uh, the Patriots, they have a lot of guys sitting out this year. Yep. So that's a key factor as well. Bill Belichick always has good systems, so you can't necessarily rule them out. It's kind of like the Spurs where you could put together a bunch of stuff and make it work. Bill Belichick knows how to do that, but we're going with the Bills. Then the wild card teams. Uh, We are going to go with the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Patriots are going to miss the playoffs. I feel like they'll be okay. around like a 500 team maybe. And they might miss because of that. Okay. So we basically have the same teams minus the Texans and the Patriots are swapped. Yeah. Okay. That's I like that. I like that. That's, that's bold predictions. And we didn't um, talk about this beforehand. We both came up with our own predictions. And we just happen to have the same division winners. <laughs> okay. Give me your Super Bowl matchup. So AFC, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Normally Super Bowl hangover. They lose a lot of guys due to contracts, like a lot of their starters. But this year, the Chiefs signed a lot of their guys for extensions. They spent a lot of money. They didn't really get rid of anyone, and they only added on to their, their offense. Pat Mahomes, unbelievable passer. I think the Chiefs from the AFC and from the NFC, I'm going to have Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks making the play or making the Super Bowl. 
Okay. I like that. I really I like Seattle this year. Seattle, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Seattle did lose Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. But Seattle, didn't they sign? I could have sworn they signed somebody this offseason. Um, A safety? They got Jamal Adams. They got Jamal Adams. Yes, yes, Jamal Adams. They got Jamal Adams. They added Greg Olson at tight end, who we don't know what he's going to do. Um, and uh, Bruce Irving at uh, defensive end. So those are like some big, big time players right there. And but Jamal Adams for me just adds to the defense. A safety is huge, huge. Now we don't know, we still don't know what kind of player we're gonna get out of Jamal Adams. He's underperformed, um, but he's young and he has a lot of potential. A lot of potential. Mm -hmm. Um, and that Seattle offense is good. Carson at running back. They have DK McCaff, who's going to be in his second year, who actually was stellar last year. Tyler Lockett, who's really good on the deep ball. Um, they have a guy named Russell Wilson. I don't know if anybody's heard of him. He's pretty good. Uh, so I do like Seattle. Those are not my. Those are not going to be my predictions, though. So you have the Chiefs in Seattle, correct? Yes. So I'm going to stick with the Chiefs. I could never bet against Pat Mahomes. Even after he gets this contract, the dude loves to have fun and ball out. Mm -hmm. My NFC prediction, it's close. Because I, the team that's notorious for beating my team in the playoffs and in conference games is Seattle. Or it's been the 49ers last year. Um, I'm going to go with Green Bay. I'm saying that as a fan, yes, but also the fact that the 49ers were the only team that Green Bay had no chance against last year. Green Bay can match up with any team, offensively and defensively. Defense has improved. Our defensive backs have improved. They got exposed against the 49ers. They, they, there was nothing they could do against that 49ers team. In offseason, Aaron Rodgers is can only get better. I don't see him regressing. I see him progressing. Mm -hmm. He's worked with that that core. Devontae Adams is always good. Adam, uh, you know, Aaron Jones, they have Lazard, who is their number two, and everybody's speaking highly of him. Rodgers, um, analysts, and you know, Matt LaFleur, this is only his second year. So Rodgers last year for the Packers, that was like that was like a trial run. And they did pretty damn well with what yeah. they had. They have players, they have a core. Now Matt LaFleur is gonna build off of the the rapport he built with his team, the chemistry he built with his team. And by signing Kirksey and yeah, letting Blake Martinez go, but they they signed Kirksey, who's very athletic. They have Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith on the defense, guys who get in and hit the quarterback a lot. I think if somehow they learned anything from the ass whooping they took in the NFC conference game last year, if all the tears that I shed soaked into the carpet and somehow they felt that emotion and they bottled it up for me, then they should be able to, uh, to come away. They sh the, the Saints are beatable. Um, you know, 
the the Seahawks are beatable. Seahawks are great. I feel like the Seahawks are the only ones who are really going to truly contend. Seahawks, 49ers, and Packers. That's what it's going to come down to in the uh, NFC. AFC, Chiefs are going to run away with it. I don't know who, who I'm going to pick for the winner yet. That's to be determined. Okay. So, Super Bowl predictions. We both have the Chiefs. It, like like I said, they, they just looked so good. So There's no stopping that Chiefs team. Defensively, they look pretty damn well. They, they re-signed everybody. I don't know what type of money they got into, what bag of money they stumbled across to pay everybody, but they're doing it. And uh, let's not forget the rookie running back that they have. Uh, was it Clyde Hare Edwards or whatever his name is? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just so, signed a, a, or they drafted someone. All right. So that's going to be our predictions for the NFL. Uh, We aren't really going to do MVPs and all of that. We don't really have any knowledge, especially no preseason games, nothing to go in. NFL could always be a toss up. Easiest bets, probably either Lamar or Pat Mahomes. Uh, We can give a prediction after the first games. I'd be okay with that. Okay. Just, just to see. How to, everyone yeah. This is still so weird. It does not feel like football's tomorrow. It doesn't even feel like it's football season. Nope. But, fun fact, teams, not all teams, select teams, are allowed to have fans. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, you know, I was watching the NFL Network, and they were like, yeah, the Chiefs are allowed to have around 16,000 fans. So I, I looked at the list, and obviously it's based on the state. So... Miami Dolphins are going to allow 13,000 fans. The Colts, 2,500 fans. Ticket prices are going to be crazy. Jaguars, 16,700 fans. Chiefs, obviously. Uh, the Falcons are allowing between 10 and 20,000. They didn't really say. And the Cowboys, they didn't say exactly, but it's going to be fewer than 50% capacity, which in that stadium, they can fit 100,000 fans almost. So if they get even 40%. That's a lot of people. Every other team, they're waiting at least the first two games, if not more. So there is going to be a home field advantage for this season for some teams. Obviously the dome teams, the the cold weather teams like Green Bay, and then the teams that have a stadium designed for fans that will get loud. I mean, Mm 16,000 fans, sure, it might not be the same as you know, 60,000, but it makes a difference. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see if teams are allowed to pump in crowd noise or what or not, but yep. NFL starts tomorrow. FanDuel. Are you going to do that again this year with your weekly lineup? I will have a weekly lineup set for the main lineup. I will not include the Thursday games. It'll be Sunday main, I believe through Monday, mm-hmm. um, whatever the main lineups are for FanDuel. So be on the lookout for that. I'll so post follow that on our social media, SR Only yes. Pod, on Instagram and Twitter. It'll be posted there for uh, the FanDuel lineup. Yeah, yeah. I'll post it. I'll try to get it in probably the night before with football. Uh, it's not the same as basketball because there's sometimes uh, late game subs. But you'll see. You'll get a final lineup at least a, a couple hours prior to uh the noon games for us which is in chicago so so definitely go ahead add us on social media so you can uh 
get some tips on who to play, win some money. So, but that's going to do it for the NFL. Uh, let's go ahead and transition over to the NBA. The Celtics lost tonight. They lost a tough game. So instead of going into the next round to play Miami, they are now going to play a game seven come Friday against Toronto. Not a team you want to play in a game seven with or without Kawhi. Kyle Lowry went off today. I personally think the Celtics should have won the game. There was a no call at the end of the game for Kemba. Of course, a lot of bad calls in this bubble, as we've seen. But with basketball news, we have a game seven Friday. Miami is resting. Miami beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They didn't beat them. In five games. Five games. I know the fifth game, Giannis wasn't there. Giannis got hurt, unfortunately. And in the game that they did win, he was like hurt for. He was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. He uh, he had a hurt ankle. Uh, He was game time decision, I believe, for game four. Uh, Rolled it on a on just it was just an accident. And he was screaming in pain. As a franchise, I don't blame him. Blame them for not allowing him to play in the next game. You can't do that Mm -hmm. because he's so young and he's going to dominate for the next 10 to 12 years. No reason to play him. So they lost. My Miami is the biggest surprise for me. And you know what? God damn, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. He continues wow. to go against the odds. He does. He, The Bulls gave up on him. Uh, Timberwolves. Philadelphia. Timberwolves. Oh, yeah. Timberwolves gave up on him. Philadelphia gave up on I don't understand what Philadelphia was thinking. I think teams don't like his personality. The dude talks his shit and backs it up and he loves his team he loves his team he loves his guys and you know what i love his personality with miami he loves him and Drajic and tyler hero like i don't know if you follow them on social media but i do and they have a good brotherhood over there and the fact that they won it's that chemistry is at an all-time high eric spolstra looks like a genius yeah he, he won with lebron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh with that trio. And I never thought I'd ever see him go this far in a playoff again. And you know what? For him to do it with this team, I it says a lot. It says a lot about him as a coach. And I like this Miami team. I think Miami could end up being the team in the finals and actually competing with a team in the West. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Bama Adebayo stepped Adebayo, up this man. year. He could have won most improved, but if you told me the Heat were going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals this year, I would have said, what are you talking about? If you said they're going to make the playoffs, I would have been like, okay, yeah. They're going to be – they're going to make it. Are they going to be competitive? Probably not, especially against the Bucs. Like, I – I was all about the Bucs. I thought they were going to dominate. I thought this was their year. They showed out last year. They lost to – uh, the Raptors last year, I thought, okay, they'll bounce back. They'll, they'll they'll play well, and they'll make the finals. It'll be Bucks against maybe the Clippers, maybe the Lakers, and we'll see. No, not the case. The Heat knock them out. Giannis, a lot of talk about what's, what his next move is. He'll stay. And he has one year left. He's He said that he wants to stay in Milwaukee. Milwaukee has already said... We are not trading him until it, like we're not going to trade him while he's under contract. 
So he's going to be there until at least the end of next year. Giannis said he wants to stay with Milwaukee. That puts a, a lot of pressure on Milwaukee. His supporting cast, minus Chris Middleton, to me, is trash. It's trash. You have the Lopez brothers, Rooks, Robin Lopez, gone. Let them go. Brooke Lopez hasn't been good in probably two or three years, and he's slow. You gotta change. You gotta change it up. Marvin Williams is retiring. That's that's some money off the on the books. Um, get Giannis one more stud. Doesn't even have to be a superstar. Get him somebody who competes night in, night out. That is an all star. Has to be an all star. Because mm-hmm. as of right now, Giannis, as great as he is, as much of a freak athlete that he is, it takes more than one. Even if he was healthy, I don't think they would have beaten Miami at all. I think Miami ends up taking the series at least in six games. So Giannis is smart. Giannis is saying, I'm going to stay without physically telling them, do better. Mm -hmm. He's telling them right now. They may not know it. He may not say it, but they have got to start making moves and it has to start now. Yeah, it has to. Yeah, like you said, he's saying, I'm staying until this is up. You guys have one year to change my mind or to like keep my mind the same. And as you said before, Healy, basketball is the, the NBA is the one sport where you can change a whole franchise around in one offseason. Yeah. They can do it. They can do it with this team. They can in the East, especially. Because guess what? Kevin Durant and Kyrie, Karis Levert, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. That team in Brooklyn is hungry. That team is good. They they need Brook uh Milwaukee has to get one more one more stud out there. Mhm. It's going to be tough though. It's Milwaukee. You're going to need veteran guys maybe towards the end of their career or guys who have a chip on their shoulder. Milwaukee's a very tough city to sign people to. It's a, it's a weird market to play in. It definitely is. I mean, we've dri- we, I've driven through Milwaukee millions of times, and I'm like, ah, it's nothing to it, right? Um, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough, but a chance to play with Giannis, even if you get somebody on a two-year deal, you don't need much. Let them no. – you gotta, you, you got to sell a championship to somebody at this point. Mm-hmm. you got to show them the money, sell them on the championship, let some of those guys go. they got to pack up and go. Yeah, or they're going to lose him, and he's going to go to a very good team, and we're going to see the reign of Giannis. He's only 24 Chicago. years old. Yeah, maybe Chicago. Yeah. Only 24 years old. Uh, it's kind of like Lamar, where I don't know why Lamar got flack for not winning a Super Bowl last year and winning an MVP when he was like 22 years old or whatever. But yeah, Giannis is 24 years of age. He has so many more years in the NBA. And he has so many years left of his prime. He's so just prime. entering his prime. And he put up the most efficient season in NBA history. His player efficiency rating was the best ever. NBA history. So he finished with it. Yeah. So he ended up pulling it off. So he has the highest. Who was second? Will Chamberlain? Will Chamberlain was second and third. And he averaged 50 and 46 points. And he had like 26 and 24 rebounds in those years. Yeah. Giannis is, as I said, a freak athlete. He's excellent. You just, he can't, it's one versus five. And you have guys around him who aren't bad. Like George Hill isn't bad. He had a great three-point shooting season. Kyle Korver's 40. 
uh, off the bench. DiVincenzo's good. They should keep him. Um, the rest of the team, just go. Guess maybe keep Bledsoe and Middleton, but you got to get one. I, they need a center. To me, if they can get a center who is on up to parallel or up to par with like an Anthony Davis or somebody who can still move and shoot the ball that isn't slow like Brooke Lopez, who can grab boards and maybe be a defensive presence, that would be a scary team. Anthony Davis very well could go to Milwaukee. Joel Embiid. <laughs> Joel Embiid. <laughs> that would be, wow. Joel Embiid and Giannis would be nuts. I, I don't even, I would buy a, a Milwaukee Bucks jersey. I would go, I would drive up. I would, I would drive to your house, tell you to hop in the car because I bought us Bucks tickets. I would, I've been thinking the past couple of years. <laughs> it's only a short drive. It is an hour or so. It's an yeah. hour, yeah. I've been to the Brewer Stadium, which is awesome. Drive was easy. So for everybody listening, if you don't already know, we're from Chicago. Chicago is very close to Milwaukee, right, right up past the border. Um, Milwaukee, I would love to go to a Bucks game because the tickets are probably still cheap. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's in a market where I mean, we probably get a beer and a hot dog deal. But yeah. anyways, that would be that would be interesting to see. Other news with the NBA. Um, so the Clippers are, I believe, beating the Nuggets tonight. They will go up three to one in that series. Lakers yeah. won their game yesterday. They're up two to one. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up sweeping the rest of the way. They have Harden is scoring. Westbrook's kind of doing okay, but he's getting everything's a block on Le- LeBron's blocking everything, literally everything. And it's fun to watch, but with Harden doing well and they're still losing. That would that's enough for me right there. That I mean, it's gonna require all five guys on the court to extremely ball out for Houston. I was I was extremely surprised the Lakers lost that game one. Extremely, especially with the height differential and like how Houston plays, how bad they looked in game seven of the uh, you know the first round. I, I don't understand how, you know, and I know he's old, but Tyson Chandler to me is a seven foot center. And you look at guys like JaVale McGee, you look at guys like Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's a little bit different. He's built different. He's super athletic. But a lot of these centers are older seven-footers. They're playing because of their size. And you're not going to run Tyson Chandler in the paint, who's a body. I mean, granted, he might fall out. He's a little bit slower. P.J. Tucker's slow. He's good offensively if he's wide open in the corner. He's not one to grab boards. He does. He's he's gritty. He can play in the paint. He's earned his center badge. But that height difference, I was surprised too to see the Lakers lose. I was very surprised. Like I thought for sure. You know what? I did have the Rockets taking a game in the series. I just didn't think it would be game one. Yeah. But that that was the game for the Lakers to say, wait, we lost to this team. They beat us this way. We can let James Harden score 35 to 40 points. If Westbrook is shooting 5 of 19, 5 of 20, turning the ball over four or five times, maybe he gets to the line. Maybe he, Westbrook scores 20 points. Who else is going to score? Rondo, playoff Rondo is back. Rondo's back. You know what? This Lakers team, they're going to sweep the rest of the series, and it's, it's going to be a battle for L.A. Clippers and Lakers, I'm watching every game. I'm watching every single game. 
and my money's still on the Lakers to take that series. That's why I really liked when the Bulls signed Rajon Rondo a couple years ago. Playoff time, he's just a different player. They had a chance in the in the East. They had a chance. It was just LeBron and, and with the Cavs. There was just no beating that. I mean, that team was just unstoppable. Well, they uh, they went up against the Celtics, I thought, and they lost. They did lose to the Rondo Celtics got hurt like after game two. Rondo, but, yeah, Rondo has been notoriously getting hurt in playoffs because yeah. even this year, yeah, he. Uh, but even then, I still don't think that Bulls team would have beaten Cleveland. Okay, okay. When it comes down to it, but. Other news for the Bulls. We got more. Well, Billy Donovan. I was going to say, do you want to start off with Steve Nash first before we get into coaches? We can do that. So Steve Nash signs as the Brooklyn Nets head coach. Mm -hmm. This is one of those buy or sell. And in my opinion, I think it's a buy and it's a huge buy. For the simple reason that his basketball IQ is through the roof. You're not talking about a guy who is top 10 basketball player of all time. He's not, but he was a part of a franchise that won a lot of games may not have Mm -hmm. won a championship, but he knew how to facilitate the ball as a player. He knew how to get the team going. He's been looked at by the, uh, by the league, by Kevin Durant and Kyrie as someone that they can rely on as a mentor. Mm -hmm. He's watched them play in the past. Steve Nash has gone to Golden State games to watch Durant play. Well, yeah, he's he was a part of Golden State. He wasn't a coach or anything, but he was with the organization. Yeah, he was affiliated. During this, yeah, during this span that they're really good and probably observing how to do things. And and a lot he's, you know, a lot of people were upset. How did Mark Jackson not get a job? I do agree. Mark Jackson should have a job somewhere. But they're like, Steve Nash has no coaching experience. Well, you're looking at a Hall of Fame player who was affiliated with the Golden State Warriors. Sure, he's not a coach. Everybody starts somewhere. And I think you start, same thing with Tyron Lue, who was with the Cavs. He didn't have to do much. You learn by experience Mm -hmm. a lot of times, right? So if you have guys who are going to lead, guys who know how to play, who know how to win, and you're there as a coach. You might have some hiccups. I expect them to lose some games because of Steve Nash. I wouldn't doubt it. But he's going to learn through these guys on how to be an effective coach. Just the same way he was as an effective point guard in the league. So I, I think it was a great signing. I, it's a buy for me. Yeah, I'd have to say the same. Two MVPs. He's like, yeah. he played point guard, which is like catcher in baseball. You yeah. see a lot of catchers. David Ross. First-year manager with the Cubs. Got put in a great situation. Steve Nash just has to manage minutes and make sure guys, he doesn't get too friendly and make sure he's, like, the coach and, like, are on his guys. Yeah. He has a a great team he could work around with. They're going to look good next season. And he'll get the experience then. I don't think he necessarily needed the experience that some of these other guys needed beforehand. I agree. Completely agree. A lot of other good coaching candidates, but I think Steve Nash should be a good fit over there. He might only – I mean, like Jason Kidd was a coach for a couple of years. Derek Fisher. You know, Derek Fisher uh, obviously didn't do too well. Um, so Patrick Johnson every, used to be a coach. Yeah, everybody starts somewhere. You know, It's just a matter of where you start. So I think he'll be good, though. I like Steve Nash. I've always liked Steve Nash as a player, so – 
The Bulls, though. Chicago you want to get into that? Oh, yeah. I've been waiting for a while. <laughs> we were texting about that. Uh, so, Billy Donovan, he is not returning as the OKC Thunder's head coach. The same OKC Thunder that just took Houston Rockets to seven games. The same Thunder team that had a below 1% chance of making the playoffs out of the West. Or maybe like a 1.5% chance. Something where they shouldn't have made it. They did. He took a team that had Chris Paul, Steven Adams, and a bunch of no-namers. Shea Gilgis Alexander was a no-namer until last year. Granted, I think it might have been his rookie year. Mm-hmm. But still, I didn't know who he was entering the league. Even then, going into this season, what could he really do? What can they do? Maybe win 20, 25 games. No. They go to the playoffs. Billy Donovan leads this team to the playoffs. The same Billy Donovan who is very, very successful as a college coach with Florida. Speaking of Florida, the Gators, which produce some of the best NBA players, one including Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, as you pointed out to me, tweeted that, you know, because the Bulls were, you know, emerging as a top candidate or Billy Donovan's emerging as a top candidate for the Bulls. They're eyeballing him, right? Bradley Beal tweets as they should. Bradley Beal is part of a franchise that failed. They had two of the best guards, possibly of our time. Bradley Beal, John Wall. They've had the pieces to fill in. Bradley Beal and John Wall, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm them, there's not a future in Washington. Right now, they're going to have to go through a rebuild, whether if it's now or in the next three years, four years. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it means for Beal to tweet that. I don't know. So let's speculate. Yeah. I believe he played. Did he play under Billy Donovan? Yeah, he did. He played under Billy Donovan. His contract, he just signed an extension, I think, a couple years back or last year. He's making like 26, 27 mil a year. Otto Porter for the Bulls, who was a teammate of Bradley Beal, is on his last year of his deal. If he decides to opt in, we'll be making pretty much the same amount of money. Overpaid? Yes. The Bulls have the fourth pick in the NBA draft. Fourth pick is nice. Fourth pick. In a draft like this. Bundle. Yeah, in a draft like this, is something you bundle and trade away for a player like that. You trade away your contract with Otto Porter. You trade him away. Because guess what? He's a free agent after this year. Who are the Bulls really going to get? I'll take Bradley Beal. We'll pair him up with Zach Levine. Zach Levine's, what, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. We'll, we'll play small in the backcourt. We'll play small in the backcourt. We'll play big in the frontcourt. We'll have a big power forward in marketing. We don't know what we're going to have at center yet. I personally think Wendell Carter might get traded. Bundle, bu- bundle Wendell Carter. He's a great center. Small for his size, but he, he makes up for it. He gets a lot of blocks. He can, he can play the paint. Whatever it may be, I would be okay as a fan to trade away a plethora of picks and players as long as it's not Kobe White, as long as it's not... Marketing. Marketing can still develop. 
If they trade away Markinen, at least keep Wendell. I don't know. I'm a, I'm I'm sold on Daniel Gafford. He's my future center for the Bulls. I'm sure mm-hmm. you can agree. Yeah. And Zach Levine, Kobe White, Zach Levine, Markinen, Daniel Gafford. That's your four. Beal comes in. He's our fifth. We can run small, which Kobe White is like a 6'3 point guard. That's not the smallest. I know that the, the league's going towards big big point guards. Toronto plays small. I think Kyle Lowry is like 6'1". John Wall's six foot. Guys can – Kobe We're White will the be Rockets. Good. The Rockets are just small. The Warriors. At, the Warriors play small. The Warriors play small. So I would be okay to have – now it'd be it'd be tough because Zach Levine, Zach Levine has to understand one thing. You were a star on a team of trash. He'll be a star still, but his personality, I know, is I'm gonna be I'm gonna touch the ball 50% of the game. Whether if I'm passing it or I'm shooting, he's gonna touch the ball a lot. He's gotta take the back seat a little bit. And he has to be okay. You gotta play the hot hand. And Billy Donovan will be the answer for that. He he will get these guys to listen to him. These are guys who looked up to him, you know, whether if it's Zach Levine in college, uh, any of these guys in college, while Billy Donovan was a college coach, I'm sure they all looked up to him, even though he wasn't their coach. Mm-hmm. He'll have that same effect as he did with OKC. I feel like Bradley Beal could be cool. I just feel like with this draft and the number four pick and also where the Bulls, like, they could sign someone in the offseason. They could definitely make the moves for other people. Maybe with lesser money and stuff. Bradley Beal does seem cool. I would not be mad with them trading for Beal, like giving up the fourth pick and Otto Porter and maybe a different player. But right now, I kind of want to see what they can do with the fourth pick. Even though the Bulls in previous years, they've kind of, they've, they, they haven't been the best at drafting kind of the middle of the lottery. Mm-hmm. They got Denzel Valentine. They traded for Doug McDermott when they gave up Jamal or Gary Harris. And I don't know if it was Jamal Murray. Could be wrong on that one. They gave up Gary Harris and someone else to the, nuggets and they just haven't been the best there and it's always a risk especially in a draft like this where there's a high ceiling like you could get a very good player for a very long time but is the risk good enough uh to get a player who could be potentially just a huge bust compared to a guaranteed number player yeah yeah i feel like the bulls though with their with how their organization looks though i feel like it's they should go and they have a new front office so their drafting won't be the same as it was in the past i think they go with the fourth pick i really want them to get that european guy the forward he'd fit in nicely we won't have levine at the three anymore i don't think levine is a three he'd fit better more as a two so Mm -hmm. i think they go with him I agree completely. I don't know as far as who they go with in the draft, but they should keep the pick. I was thinking hypothetically, if they want to package and get Bradley Beal, I'd be okay with it, considering he dropped I don't know how many 50-point games this past season. 
as a Bulls fan for the future of the team, you got to draft. Definitely mm-hmm. draft. Or at least don't, if you're going to trade, don't trade. Don't trade the fourth pick. Yeah, maybe they trade Markin in. They trade Wendell Carter. They yeah, give up. Yeah. They give up uh, Otto Porter. And then they throw in like a second round and like a first round from like two years from now. Sure. Go with that. Because I think in a first round in a couple of years, the Bulls would have not a, a good pick. I feel like they would be in like the 15s, 15 to 20 ish range, maybe even 20 mm-hmm. to 30. So that'd be decent. I'm not I'm not super high on Markinen anymore. I feel like he's average. So if they could get rid of that and still hold on to the fourth pick, awesome. Yeah. What pick does the Wizards have? I don't even know where the Wizards are sitting right now. The Wizards are, I think they're a top 10 pick. They have to be. Be a draft 2020. So the draft order right now. Washington is nine. Like, yep. I think nine's too low. I think if they had mm-hmm. the seventh pick, maybe they could pick Beal with the pick swap. But I think nine's too low for how top heavy this draft is. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. Outside of top five, six, I think it starts to kind of dumb down. Mm-hmm. I don't know why in this NBA draft, this mock draft, they have. Kenyon Hayes as the pick, six foot five point guard. I don't want a point guard. We don't need a point guard. I don't. I don't understand it. And they have uh, Denny going fifth to Cleveland. I really. I do not want him to fall to Cleveland. Please no. don't. No, the Bulls. I feel like that has to be their route. They're, they're good at guards, like you said. Levine's got to play that too. Uh, Kobe White's got to be the starting point guard. We still have Sadaransky who. Sh- should go soon who's not bad by all means but he's got to go and uh chris dunn is our is our off the bench defensive uh machine so he's somebody who causes a lot of turnovers i don't think we need another point guard mm-hmm. <sighs> bulls though i i do hope they get billy donovan huge on him i feel like he'd be good with the young talent Especially, I haven't really heard any other coaches in the mix. Maybe we see some firings after the season's over with some of these playoff teams. But I, I don't know if you heard the play or the draft is going to get moved back a little bit. Finalizing that today. Uh, the season's, oh, season's going to get pushed back a little bit as well. I think that there's the teams are coming in to an agreement where there's not enough time between the finals and prep for next season. Okay. So it'd probably be what middle of November. I think they were saying, yeah, that or beginning. I don't know, but it was originally scheduled for like October 16th or something, something similar. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. I'm excited for the draft. I'm excited for the season to be over. It's been it's fun. I don't want to say make it sound like it's bad. I'm actually I'm more excited for the finals now. Um besides that Miami series, Miami and Celtics or Toronto, I'd rather see the Celtics, but um I'm I'm more so ready for the uh who the Bulls are gonna sign and for, for that draft <laughs> as as a Chicago fan. So that is going to wrap up the episode, everybody. Thank you for tuning in again. 
go ahead and add us our social media accounts sr only pod we are on twitter instagram stay interactive our personal accounts we have at is it healy six the healy six the healy six i'm i goose that's with four o's as always don't ask why we're on youtube spotify apple Podcasts. most importantly with that hit download that is how we see our view count we have no way of seeing who watches what how many listens there are it's strictly on download so if you guys did listen this far we appreciate you and as always we'll see you guys next week peace see ya